All meet together everywhere, and in your meetings wait upon the Lord. Chapter 5, Section C, Speaking During Worship Eventually, almost everyone who worships with friends will wonder, Am I to speak? And again, eventually, almost everyone will doubt that someone who spoke should have. Learning how to speak during worship is a recurring theme in the Journal of Friends. Those who spoke too soon, too late, too long, too little, or with the wrong words report an uncomfortable inward correction afterwards, just as those who failed to speak at all do. Conservative friends take quite seriously the scriptural injunction to speak only as an oracle of God. It is the fundamental basis of our ministry during worship. But we must not be paralyzed by the prospect of speaking. So long as our deep desire is to serve God and we're not trying to impress others, then we can rely on two questions in helping us decide to speak. The first is, has Christ given me a message for all of us or only for myself? The second is, is Christ prompting me to share this message at this very moment? If there is any doubt, the usual advice is to remain quietly in prayer. Since the Lord may be dealing directly with others during this silence, it is best not to interrupt what may be going on within them, unless it is clear you should do so. Sometimes friends decide they got it wrong. They start to speak, and they feel they should not, in which event the unquestionable advice is to sit back down and be quiet. Messages are never given in response to another, and it is highly unusual for a friend to speak more than once in the same meeting for worship. Some friends may experience a clear command to speak immediately, even though the words have not been given. These friends usually stand and await the words. Other friends may feel the call to stand about the time that an outline of the message is given. Still others may sense the call when the first few words are given. Others may know the entire message and simply wait until the call comes to speak it at a particular moment. Sometimes friends report an exceptional and unusual quickening of the heart, but this is not merely butterflies or common anxiety as we experience in public speaking. There are those who sense a looming regret if the message is not immediately delivered. Sometimes the message may be sung or prayed. Some friends report an indescribable sense of release, if faithful. Ultimately, each of us must rely on Christ to teach us directly how to do his bidding. When others speak, we should be prayerful, asking the Lord what he would have us hear. Sometimes we will hear nothing that resonates within us. In such events, we should be prayerful to let go of what is said and not analyze or dissect it afterwards. Sometimes we will hear the spoken words convicting us or comforting us. If this is the case, we should not attribute the words to the speaker, but directly to Christ. We should let the Holy Spirit work. If we are so inclined, we may afterwards let the speaker know how the message affected us so that the speaker's decision to speak can be confirmed. 
Sometimes we hear only the voice of a person in need, and in these cases especially we should ask the Lord what we need to hear. Sometimes the need is a simple need to share a joy or a concern that is pressing on the speaker. Other times the need may be something more substantial or even disturbing. Regardless, the right response is prayer. These prayers can transform the situation in the moment or show us something we can do or say afterwards to help the speaker. When considering whether or not to speak during worship, and when listening to others speak, we should always remember George Fox's advice. Friends, be careful how ye set your feet among the tender plants that are springing up out of God's earth, lest ye tread upon them, hurt, bruise, or crush them in God's vineyard. Charles Marshall's epistle gives advice for following vocal ministry. He wrote, Dearly beloved friends, those in your assemblies who sometimes feel a testimony for the Lord spring to your hearts, keep your watch in the light so that none may stay behind nor run before, but let all that open their mouths in the assemblies of the Lord's people do it as the oracle of God in the arising of the eternal power, for nothing can beget God but what comes from the word of life that lives and abides forever. And nothing can refresh, strengthen, or comfort that which is begotten by the word of life, but what springs from the same. Therefore, dear friends, wait diligently, not only to know and savor every motion, but also to know the appointed time when the motion should be brought forth. Where there is not a waiting for the perfecting of what is to be brought forth, but instead thereof coming forth before the time, there is an untimely birth, which hurts the vessel through which it comes, and the hearers are burdened, and the life which first moved comes to be oppressed. Friends, this lies upon my spirit. To all who feel the beginning of a testimony spring in your hearts, wait diligently in that light. Lo, in stillness and passiveness of spirit, and you will come to feel the counsel of the Lord sealed to your understandings, and see the time to speak, and when to remain silent. And here will be the right increase of your testimony. And after your offering is completed, retire inward, and sink down into stillness, and keep in the valley, and let all know that no ministrations, save that which comes from the life itself, from the fresh arising of the pure power of the Lord, avails anything, and that all ministering that does not come from the power of the Lord will fade and come to an end in the approaching day of trial. And friends, when any, through want of experience, err in running before the power, be very tender. Chapter 5, Section D Advice to Ministers The following was written by Samuel Bonus in 1702. My dearly beloved brethren and sisters, in that love which in time past we have enjoyed together, I do heartily salute you, having in mind some few things to impart as counsel and caution to us all, including myself therein. We who comprehend ourselves called into this public station of preaching ought 
to wait closely on our guide to put us forth in the work. And dear friends, I see a great need for us to carefully mind our openings and go on as we are led by the Spirit. For if we overrun our guide and opening, we shall be confused, not knowing where or how to conclude. But if we begin and go on with the Spirit, we shall conclude so that all who truly are spiritual will sensibly feel that we are right. Thus, our ministry will edify them that hear it. And dear friends, let us be singly and sincerely devoted to the will of God, whether to preach or to be silent. For if we are not sensible of such a resignation, it is doubtful that we may set ourselves at work when we should be quiet, and so bring an uneasiness upon our friends and a burden upon ourselves. And this conduct will shut up friends' hearts against our service and ministry. And my dear friends, every time you appear in the ministry, when it is over, examine yourselves narrowly, whether you have kept in your places and to your guide, and consider whether you have not used superfluous words that render the matter disagreeable, or such tones and gestures as misbecome the work we are about, always remembering that the true ministers preach not themselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us bear this in mind that neither arts, strength of memory, nor former experiences will, without the sanctification of the Spirit, do anything for us to depend upon. Let us therefore, I entreat you, keep to the living fountain, the spring of eternal life, opened by our Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts. I also desire that you would not neglect your day's work in visiting the dark corners of the counties about you, but be mindful of your service therein, as the Lord shall make way for it. These things above written have been on my mind to communicate to you, my dear friends, with desires that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may be with your spirits. Amen. Hoping also that I shall not be forgotten by you in your nearest supplications to the God of the spirits of all flesh. Remembering me, that I may be preserved by sea and in the wilderness through the many and vigorous exercises and baptism that I may be suffered to undergo for the service's sake, and that I may be preserved in humility and self-denial under the power of the cross, the most beautiful ornaments a minister can ever be clothed with, that if it please him, we should meet again, and our joy may be then full in the Holy Ghost, which is the most fervent prayer of your exercised friend and brother. Samuel Bonus. All meet together everywhere, and in your meetings wait upon the Lord. And take heed of forming words, but mind the power. And know that which is eternal, which will keep you all in unity, walking in the Spirit, and will let you see the Lord near you and among you. This podcast has presented a portion of the book Traditional Quaker Christianity. 
The book was assembled and edited by Terry Wallace, Jack and Susan Smith, and Arthur Burke. It was read by Chip Thomas, and the audio edited by the same. The music was provided by Paulette Meyer. Paulette's music is available at paulettemeyer.com.